Oh, I love a lot about this story. Uh, you know, I've been following it since uh, the orbiter started to orbit the comet a couple years ago. And, um, you know, that Philae landing was fantastic. It really captured the public's imagination. I think, you know, people have been way more engaged in this scientific research on comets than they would have been otherwise because people got really attached to this lander and, and really invested in, in its story when it went missing. Uh, and, you know, it's all wrapped right. up kind of nicely. You know, it, it's uh, very recently that they actually located the lander uh, in its final resting place. And one thing I love about the end of the Rosetta mission is that, you know, it sounds like maybe a, a waste of a billion dollar spacecraft to crash it into the comet, but it's actually a really perfect way to end the mission. Uh, the comet is on the outward leg of its orbit now. So as the spacecraft got farther away, it, it would have lost the sunlight it needed to power its systems. So instead of just watching it slowly die or hoping that five years from now they would be able to wake it back up again, they decided to send it on this final nosedive into a particularly interesting active part of the comet. So the data that they got from the crash landing today will actually contribute to the, you know, the body of knowledge that we have about this comet and comets in general. So it's just this really awesome way to send off a really successful mission. Yeah, I just want to remind our viewers that the comet is moving, and correct me if I'm wrong, at 80,000 mi 80, miles per hour. So you're coming down on top of something running 80,000 miles per hour. Uh, Dr. Thala, help us understand more about comets. You know, what happens to them <laughs> when they approach the sun? What happens to them? What, what do we learn from them and why are they important? Well, that's right, and this was actually one of the main goals of the Rosetta mission, was to observe a comet as it comes closer to the sun. A lot of people know that comets have these beautiful tails, right. and the tail happens when gases from the comet, when it begins to warm up, the gases begin to sublime and actually sort of hang around, and then the solar wind blows the tail out. And so that's usually what you see associated with a comet is this beautiful long tail. And the amazing thing about this mission is we were there for the beginning of that process. We were actually there as it approached the sun, as it became more active. We saw jets of gas coming off the comet. So this was a ringside seat to really understanding the process of what creates that tail. So that was one of the more exciting things for me that, that every day by day by day, as it got closer to the sun, mm. you'd see more activity, you'd see more dramatic things going on. Is this also a reminder, two things happened this week. Uh, we also were reminded by uh, Elon Musk that he's gonna try to go to Mars, he's gonna try to send spacecraft to Mars uh, and people to Mars at some point in the future. And then this remarkable landing on a comet by Rosetta. I mean, this says one more time that, that the exploration of, science, of, of the skies is continuing, you know. There have been this constant exploration of what we don't know is continuing, even though it might not have had as much attendant publicity when we were sending up, you know, spacecraft uh, to land on the moon and all the attendant publicity with all of that. Yes? Well, you know, one of the things for me is the advent of social media has kind of changed what publicity means. So, you know, I was very impressed by the fact that when we flew by Pluto about a year ago, yes. uh, we, had a, we, we had a social media footprint of over 12 billion, which means that there were billions of people around the world who actually came back more than once to learn about the mission. So it's true that in the Apollo days, you know, I think that, you know, things were, were being talked about in, in the United States, things were sort of front page news. But I'm very proud of the fact that we have a very, very broad reach now. 
And so that's an evolution that I've really enjoyed seeing. And the, uh, the, the, the European Space Agency really took wonderful advantage of this with Rosetta, you know, ah. and, and NASA was along to help with that as well. I love the social media presence of this. Mm -hmm. now, NASA was involved in this in what way? Well, in the mission itself, NASA contributed three of the instruments. So we collaborated right. on, a, uh, on a fourth instrument. And then there were a number of the project scientists at NASA and all of that. But as far as the social media goes, you know, the, the thing that really got me is they had these little cartoon characters for, for both the, uh, the orbiter and the lander. And everything that was happening, these little cartoon characters would show you what was going on. And I hate to say, I mean, I got sort of emotionally attached to them. As, as the fillet lander went to sleep and kind of tucked itself in, found myself sort of choking back tears there. So they... Oh, they really wow. got me very emotionally involved in the mission. I love their, their social media program. Are we going to change, are we going to learn new things about the formation of the universe and, and the relationship between? Well, uh, uh, we learned quite a bit of things already. Um, for example, we, knew, we know that, as Dr. Teller said, that there was some amino acids on the comet that uh, sort of maybe helped.